With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hello, friends. Welcome to the first Tennis in 10 podcast uh, from the 2016 U.S. Open. This is Ed McGrogan. Uh, sorry to start this off with a late one, but this was a particularly late evening at Flushing Meadows. Didn't end until 1.48 a.m., I believe, with the conclusion of the longest women's match in U.S. Open history between Madison Keys. She wins three sets over Allison Risk. I feel like they inevitably have one of these longest or second longest matches in tournament history every time. Now, this this one spurred on because of the uh, opening night ceremonies, which had some connection to the roof, as you surely know by now, at an Arthur Ashe Stadium. That put Novak Djokovic, his match on a little later, and that went four sets. Uh, we'll get to that in just a bit. But on the whole, you know, a long day one, but it had duration, but it had quality. I thought this was a, I thought this was one of the better first days at a slam that I've seen in a long time period. Uh, in this, you know, sort of era of really top heavy tours from both sides, we tend to get a lot of extremely lopsided first round matches. We didn't get a lot, of, we got more just overall depth and competitiveness um, Monday at the U.S. Open. For whatever reason, the first round matches I felt like just shook out very, very nicely. And that even carries over to day two. Um, with Serena Makarova kind of headlining the first rounders there. So let's kind of get into day one and, and looking back. You know, it, it started really for me on the new grandstand court, which just um, got an amazing sort of debut with its first two matches, the first one being Carolyn Wozniacki and Taylor Townsend. This is another really strong first rounder, even though, you would think coming, you know, not that long ago, this would be because Townsend was the, you know, the plucky unseated player and Wozniacki a high seed. Wozniacki is pretty down on the rankings as well. Uh, so they, you know, they tangle in, in a first round match, gets taken to three sets. You you have a, a, a very well attended new grandstand court, which, um, I thought, you know, as you guys certainly know, uh, my marking out for the uh, the old grandstand, which is actually being used for matches this year, sort of to my dismay, considering I wrote so much about it, but also to my delight. You know, I'll end up back there. It's uh, it's it's a sickness in some respects. So, but they did this one. I think they did this well. Did it justice, I should say. It's it's not the old grandstand. 
but you're getting a you're getting a really a proper second stadium. It's really more it's really better than Arm than the Armstrong Stadium right now, without question, the way it's set up. And the matches just they reflected that uh, Wozniacki really needing till the very end to to hold off Townsend. And the same can be said with John Isner and Francis Tiafo. But it was Isner who, you know, that match fouled on Grant St. Isner comes from two sets down to beat Tiafo. Tiafo also ends up serving for the match at 5-3 in the fifth. But um, gets down love 40, comes back to 30-40, hits a great uh, wide serve. Isner, nice return back, and then... Um, Tiafo puts a forehand into the net, very costly one, and one that uh, you know he he would still hold on till the tiebreaker. But uh, you have to credit Isner really a lot for this fitness. Um, very hot first day too, and you know it, he's not a man you would suspect can uh, can you know overcome a two set deficit, but. Um, you know, as I've always kind of said, and to the to the really just the head shaking of so many people, you really do have to appreciate a lot of parts of John Isner as a player and what he's able to do and what he's been able to do for ten years now. Remember, it was the '07 U.S. Open where he uh, actually took a set off of Roger Federer on Ash. You think back to what he was able to do then at that age against Federer in his peak. Still doing um, good things now. Isner gets through. Uh, grandstand crowd, very happy. Good good uh, start for that court. And then, you know, you uh, you continue really the first round matches of really, really nice uh, importance with Jack Sock uh, against uh, Taylor Fritz on Armstrong. Very strong All-American match. Another five-setter. This one, Sock... It, it goes in the same vein as the uh, Isner Tiafo match. Sock taking the first two sets, Fritz uh, pushing it to five, and um, you know the fifth set is even stranger than that. Sock with a four-zero lead in the fifth uh, capitulates, kind of, kind of I think just kind of gets in his own head a little bit, um, and makes uh, ends up ends up having to. Uh, hold on, really, for a 6-4 win, breaking Fritz uh, at the end of that. Now, also, <coughs> excuse me there. Also, that moves right into the night session, where, as I was talking about, Novak Djokovic getting a getting a much uh, an early test is you know certainly one way to put it. I would also say this was not a uh, particularly uh, not not a performance from Djokovic that will leave a lot of his fans feeling very well about about the situation he's in. Um, Djokovic to me could not have looked less uh, invested in this match, wanting to be out there. Um, not really sure what the the deal was per se, but. Um, just not the sort of smooth, efficient player that we've seen really for the better part of two or three years now, and certainly in sharp contrast to his normal first-round matches at Grand Slams. Um, just not a performance that 
you know, he he gets through in four, and truthfully, in the three sets he does play or he does win, you do like what you see from from Djokovic there. But really enabling Janowitz to take a lot of the action to to his side of the net, um, and really just a lack of dictating from the baseline from Djokovic all all around on this day. Um, I think you want to reserve judgment certainly until that second round match, see how that shakes out for him. But really, sort of a perplexing start from Djokovic on Ash. Um, you know, adding as I say to that day one sort of. A very compelling day one without, as one of my colleagues put it to me, without breaking the draw. Um, we did not get that massive upset, which I think is probably to the detriment of these tournaments when it happens that early. And uh, and I think, you know, Rafael Nadal, for one, takes care of business as well. Um, you have Ker- Angelique Kerber getting through actually in a retirement. Uh, even Roberta Vinci, the, the defending finalist from last year uh getting through pretty easily on ash um one major women's upset you know i would consider major even though she's only the number 32 seed monica puig the olympic gold medalist she loses routinely on the old grandstand i saw just a just a smidge of that match but um certainly uh you know the summer has has taken her places that she could have only imagined given her success in rio um, not to be at the open. Uh, so, you know, a day one where I, I really liked the competitiveness overall. And, uh, I think it's a strong half of the draws that you'll see. If you, if you like this, you're gonna like day three tomorrow on Wednesday and, you know, coming in for day two here, uh, you know, other compelling matches too. Vavrinka and Verdasco is another strong one. Um, there, there's plenty on on this card that is giving what I was describing as a as a potentially uh, uber competitive open on both sides of the draw. It gives it a lot of credence to that theory, and I think that what we're you know we're seeing just the start of that now. I think you know had Janowitz maybe been a player with just a little more you know savvy, a little more uh, consistency, you know, we really could have seen something against a, a, an out-of-form Djokovic from what we saw there. But um, like I said, a lot to look forward to, see where those guys, how those guys rebound, and uh, also look ahead to day two, another strong day at Flushing Meadows. Uh, that is it for today's Tennis in 10 podcast, and we'll be back tomorrow with another one, of course. This is Ed McGrogan for Tennis.com. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 